It is the End the Money Podcast. Welcome in. I'm Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. As we take a look at the late pick four on Saturday's card at Keeneland, headlined by the Grade 1 Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup at a mile and an eighth for three-year-old fillies. Always just a really cool race. And this year there's a particularly strong European influence, uh, which always makes the uh, handicapping challenge a little more intriguing, Jim. And uh, we'll start there with... Uh, a horse named Elusive Princess that shipped over from Europe to Saratoga was a very impressive winner. So she's going to be one of the top choices in here. How do you see the QE2? It's always a uh, tough exercise when you're handicapping good domestic horses against good foreign horses that you don't really know much about. But So you've got to look at the connections. You've got to look at time form ratings, how they uh, correspond to buyer ratings over here. I think this horse, this race is wide open. Um, Elusive Princess is three to one off that win in the Saratoga Oaks Invitational on soft turf at Saratoga. It's, it was soft turf all summer. But I think this horse, uh, this filly just caught the right kind of racetrack at Saratoga. I don't think she's going to catch that kind of racetrack here at Keeneland. And, and you don't know how she's going to do a firm course because according to her back performances, she has never run on a firm course. I would. I'm not going to fade her completely, but I'm going to say that that Arnold, Arnold Dillacore would probably like to see some rain Saturday morning, and I don't think it's going to happen. So Elusive Princess uh, is a very lukewarm favorite in here, along with Maj from Ireland. Uh, now, this, this filly uh, has raced on good ground and, and good to firm ground, but again, the best race she ran was in the Thousand Guineas last time out at Newmarket on soft turf. Uh, back in May. So, again, the, the European horses shipping over here, you've got to wonder about what they like about the Keeneland course and how, how firm it will be compared to what they're running on. Sounds of Heaven seems to have done well on, on firm turf, and uh, Jessica Harrington ships this filly over um, and coming out of the grade one and almost won a grade one, two back at Ascot. Uh, Lindy, Brendan Walsh has had one North American race at Kentucky Downs and won that race, an optional 80,000 race. Uh, she was coming out of the Prix de Diane at Chantilly at, in France and did not run great at Kentucky Downs, but probably didn't have to. Excuse me, obviously pointing for this race. And, uh, I think she got a big shot in here as well. And then the, uh, the other horse I was going to use is, uh, on the outside. Papilio, Papillo, uh, for Mark Cassie. And this horse ran in the Saratoga Oaks Invitational, ran three and three quarters behind Elusive Princess, but has proven form at Belmont and at Churchill. Uh, gets Castellano here for Mark Cassie. Has to move up in the buyers a little bit to, to win a grade one, but uh, I don't think you can toss her. There's others in here that, that could be uh, considered. Freitas the Red is intriguing to me for Kenny McPeak if she draws into the race out of the 13 hole. Uh, coming off a, a win at Kentucky Downs as well. So uh, she's a, a, a young, improving filly, you know, a three-year-old, uh, getting better uh, as she uh, stretches out, and I think uh, she's going to like the mile and eight. Um, that's where I'm going to stop there. I'm going to go deep. Uh, Lucy Princess is a, is a lukewarm choice for me, but I think the other horses that I mentioned have a big shot. I am uh, taking a, a little bit of a swing on one of the Euros at 8-1, to one, Sounds of Heaven. Uh, you mentioned third in a group one, and that was a, a really good field at uh, Royal Ascot. And this horse has the pedigree to really love a mile and an eighth, which she will get for the first time. 
The trainer said after uh, one of her races last fall that uh, Sounds of Heaven, uh, according to the jock, is a filly that could be good up to a mile and a quarter. So I think the extra distance is going to be great for her. The other thing on this one, uh, I was reading a story about uh, this horse, and uh, the trainer said that Sounds of Heaven prefers firmer ground. So draw a line through the soft turf start last time and just throw out that race, look at the form, which looks strong, and she good, should get firmer ground than she uh, gets in, in England in this spot. So I think the conditions uh, set up perfectly for her to have a big chance in here. Uh, got Elusive Princess on the ticket off that decisive win in case she's that good. But I think you make a, a good point about uh, questioning it. Questioning it. Uh, Modge has won three in a row, but not only the, the condition of the turf, but the mile and an eighth, I think, is a question for that one. Um, I saw in the Keeneland notes they're thinking Breeders' Cup, but they're deciding between the mile and the Philly and Mare turf. So that sounds like they're not sure about what the best distance will be. And then uh, Alunda Queen is a nose away from winning three in a row. It's a class jump from what she's been running against, but uh, she'd have good form in a group three. So I'm going to go essentially all Euros in here and take the four of those, but Sounds of Heaven is my win pick for the Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup. We'll start the late pick four in race seven with a second-level allowance at a mile and a half on the turf for three-year-olds and up. And I took four in relations on top in here. He's also entered in the Sycamore, but since he's entered in this spot, um, I'm guessing he might show up here. If he does, I think he's got a big chance on the class drop. In uh, It shows that he was off the board in his only start here, but that's because uh, the horse took a left, left turn when he got uh, hit for the first time and uh, fouled another horse and got taken down. He was an easy winner. I mean, it, you know, if, uh, if he had not uh, committed the foul, he would have won off by open lengths and uh, then went down and ran uh, really well in a stake at Churchill and won it. So I think this horse is, could be better than the, the rest of these in here on his best day if he runs. Uh, 9-11 Turbo. I was a little skeptical of the California invaders here at uh, Keeneland, but the horse has run well here, so I have to give him respect off that and the speed figures. Uh, the 13-7 Charms uh, wasn't far behind 9-11 Turbo in some races out in California, so I'll take a look at him if he draws in. Altazor. Big improvement last time for Nacho Correas. I think in a really sharp barn there, picks their spots well. So I thought that one was intriguing if you wanted to go deeper. But foreign relations on top for me if he goes. How about you? You got down to the very last horse and picked my horse. I can't believe I didn't slip <laughs> that 20 to 1 value. I think Altazor, I think at 20 to 1 is a huge overlay. And I don't know that it'll go off at 20 to 1 with these connections. But uh, obviously, uh, 9-11 Turbo and Foreign Relations are going to take the majority of the money. So I think this horse has a shot at a price. I mean, the horse has won seven times, got better last time out when shifted to Kentucky Downs, and uh, only got beat two lengths by Wolfie's Dyna Ghost and Ocean Atlantique, uh, who are two nice uh, nice horses. So uh, this horse is getting better. I think Shemino is one of my favorite turf riders, as we talked about before. And he's a good combination with uh, Correa's. Uh, Got to use 911 Turbo in the you know just very consistent uh, last six races, first or second, all on the West Coast. Uh, has has raced in Kentucky before and raced at Keeneland uh, in 21. So has a race over the course a long time ago, but has gotten much better at Del Mar. Uh, and you Neil know, Drysdale always ships horses well here. So I think 911 Turbo might not be worth six to five, but I think uh, he's got a big shot. 
and foreign relations were all the things that you mentioned. Uh, I, I'm just going to stop with those three. I think that'll get us through this leg. Let us move to race eight, which is the first level <laughs> allowance. Three-year-olds and up, fillies and mares, six and a half. Who do you like? This one, is, again, was a little bit wide open. Uh, I've, I've got four horses listed, and my top pick is probably a seed for uh, Chad Brown and I read Ortiz. I read one a couple races here on Wednesday at six to one and seventeen to one. I could not believe that that, that they let him get off of those prices. This one's going to be more like seven to two, four to one. Uh, coming out of the Music City at Kentucky Downs, that was a turf race. They just tried on the turf for the first time and, uh, and ran okay. But bringing back to uh, six and a half furlongs on the dirt, where uh, eight bells at seven furlongs in the in May, uh, the horse ran really well. Only got beat by Red Carpet Ready and Money's Gold. There's nothing wrong with getting beat by those two. And and if those ho- those horses were in this race, they'd be uh, less than even money. So I think a seed is going to be my favorite in here. Going to use Zeitlos for uh, Steve Asmussen. Narrow narrow loss at Kentucky Downs. Once again, a dirt horse taking a shot at that big money. In Kentucky Downs comes back to his more uh, consistent surface. They use pumpkin scone for Brad Cox. You got to use pumpkin scone getting close to uh, Oktoberfest and uh, Halloween, all that stuff. So people will be betting that as a hunch. But Brad Cox had this one ready at Ellis last time out and went wire to wire and won by seven and a half at four to five, jumping up from a maiden special weight to a first level allowance. Uh, but gets Corrales and uh, rides back for Brad. They are a thirty eight percent combination, Corrales and Brad Cox. And then uh, I think I'll use one more of the 11 horse rarify for Joel Rosario and Wesley Ward. Joel rode here very well opening weekend, and this horse had a win over the track last October, has been off since then, has obviously had some issues, but ran really well here uh, first time over the track. So I'm going to throw in Wesley and Joel Rosario at 8 to 1. Uh, those four are going to do it for me, but uh, I think a seed is going to be a, a worthy favorite in here. Yeah, that's who I took on top. Uh, I'm just going to draw a line through that turf race and then a big class drop off those previous three facing the likes of uh, Randomizing and uh, Pretty Mischievous and uh, Red Carpet Ready. So I think a seed could find this spot very favorable. Uh, Zeitlos has been consistent. Um, so just off that angle, I think it certainly has a, a shot in here. Pumpkin Scone romped in that maiden race in the, the third start. So maybe it's the light bulb just went on. And then Rarify the 11. It's Wesley Ward off a layoff, but he can certainly win off a layoff. This one ran big at uh, Keeneland last fall. So those are the four that I am going to use. Uh, we've talked about the ninth. Let's go to the 10th race, Jim, where you'll have a big favorite in first mission in that allowance optional claimer. Mile on the 16th, uh, three and up. Uh, can you beat first mission? Well, if you're going to beat him, you're, you're going to beat him off a, uh, a six-month layoff. Uh, horse obviously uh, ran extremely well here in the Lexington, beat Arabian Lion, who came back and won. And then something went wrong, and he missed the Triple Crown, and, and now he's back uh, after a nice layoff for Brad Cox. Brad gets him ready off a layoff. There's no question about that. He's 24% off a six-month-plus layoff. And takes Luis Saez, who rides the horseback. Legitimate favorite here, but just in case he's not ready and needs a race back, I mean, this is something he has a point for, obviously, but it, just on class alone, he, he should win the race. I'm going to use Keystone Field in here for Mike Baker, one for one at Keeneland and gets out Red Ortiz. Uh, and the race at Keeneland was extremely good. 91 buyer back in October of 22, one off by eight and a quarter. The 
horse hasn't done well since then. He did really well at Oakland. He got a 102 buyer, and they took a shot in the Razorback, uh, overmatched, and that might have taken a lot out of it. But he's had some time to recover since August when they ran the, in West Virginia Governor Stakes at Mountaineer. So Keystone Field at 6-1 to one has seven lifetime wins, which is a high in the, in the field, and that's a, always an angle where you've got a bunch of horses that have only won twice. So Keystone Field is my second choice in here, and Saquillo I'm going to use for Roberto Teodoro with uh, Torres and at Churchill Downs last time out, got a 92 buyer, best lifetime, and one off by three. So those three horses I think will get you to the end of the big four. I couldn't make a case to beat first mission in here with that nice win in the Lexington Stakes. Uh, he was being pointed to the Preakness off that and would have been uh, probably might have been the favorite in there. So I think he'll be ready off the layoff and will likely win this. If you beat him, it's going to be with a more experienced horse, and I think that could be creative minister who is more battle-tested, certainly, and really likes Keeneland. That's the main thing that I think gives him a big shot. Not, not wild about the 10 post, but um, I think that's probably the, the most likely upsetter if it happens. Keystone Field has won seven times and has kept a lot of graded stakes company, so uh, that experience could serve him well in here. But I think first mission is going to be awfully tough. Uh, pick four ticket. What's yours look like? Well, I got a $90 ticket, which would be only a $30 ticket if you single first mission in the last leg. So um, I went one two six with two nine ten eleven. With two four six seven twelve in the QE two, and then one two eight in the finale for a ninety dollar ticket. I have a sixty four dollar ticket. Uh, one two six thirteen on the front end. Like to get that two horse home at a big price. Then two nine ten eleven. Then two four seven eight in the QE two. One ten. I'm going to include Creative Minister. Double the price of the ticket uh, in case. Uh, he should be able to beat first mission. That would really boost the price on the late pick four. So that's what my ticket looks like. Best of luck to all of you who are playing on a nice Saturday card at Keeneland. And we'll come back and handicap the late pick four for the Sunday card in our next edition of the In the Money podcast for KeelandSelect.com.